0: You made me sing
1: this tune. I did it Well, hey everybody, welcome to Siren Songs, uh, the podcast. Um, today I'm really really excited because here with me Caroline McQuag, and my co-host Natalie Livingston. Say hi hello, Natalie. Hello. Hello. <laughs> we have we have the luminous luminous um, Melissa Rose Hirsch. I'm so hi. pumped that she's here. Yeah. Oh my um, goodness, um, welcome, Steven. <laughs> Yes. Um, I I am so pumped to talk to you, not only because your music is incredible and I'm a huge fan of that, but because I love, love, love your um, Instagram page, blog, newsletter, Charged Thoughts. It's- thank
0: you so much for being a charge thought avid reader. I love uh, you for that. I'm in on course. it now. I'm in on it now as well. Welcome welcome
2: to the crew. So happy to be here.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I can't wait to talk about that as well. But first off, um, just tell us a little bit about you, Melissa. What's, what's your deal? What's your music like? Give Amazing. us the rundown.
0: First of all, thank you for having me. This is of a course. thrill and a joy. Big fans, of you both now even though we're new um but very big fans and honored to be here so basically my songwriting journey is a really interesting one i started as um a musical theater actress at marymount manhattan college and i was go go griffins go
1: griffins
0: Um, (laughs) and i really fell into the new musical theater world and i found that i was always on these new projects and i loved watching composers write and make things And a big heartbreak and a big love story brought out songwriting out of me in a world that I never, ever thought that I would exist in. But it has now become the crux of me and something that I'm so honored to be a songwriter. I think it is like one of the most beautiful titles to add to anyone's identity. So um, my music is pop. It's lyrical. It has a lot of heartbreak and healing throughout it. And um, yeah, it's one of the greatest joys of my life as an artist.
2: I love that. That's, that's so, so great beautiful. to hear. We love, Amen. as everyone who listens knows, we love our MT girlies turned songwriter girlies. They are Come our on. Favorites. I feel like that's, <laughs> that's our like, whole crew at this point. We're like, oh, yeah. musical theater, you know, we're killing it as actors. And then we think, oh, but we kind of want to do our own thing. Exactly. And here we are. Exactly.
1: It's so funny, Melissa, because you, I don't know if I've told you this before, but you and your peers were influencing me from before I even knew you because you were in the back years, right? Yes. And I was also like obsessed with like contemporary musical theater, new musical theater.com was like my homepage in high school. Um, And I'm so, obsessed. so I had been like following that show and loving it, hearing about that production that you were in before I even knew who you were. And then also as a little theater girl, I was obsessed with Broadway.com and who was my favorite uh, red carpet correspondent, but Mr. Matt Roden. Mr.
0: Matt Roden.
1: <laughs> and so when uh, Melissa played her first siren songs with us, her guitarist popped in and it was Matt Roden. And I was like,
0: oh my gosh, I was like genuinely starstruck. <laughs> Mr. Matt Roden is always my guitarist and with every siren song. He is not only a dear friend, but he really has just taken you know because I write on piano and I don't play guitar I actually had an ex who tried to teach me to play guitar and he they always do they always do do. I I love a John Mayer type right like (laughs) so he tried to teach me how to play guitar and told me that my hands looked like crab hands literally when I was trying (laughs) to do it so it like fully traumatized me out of guitar but then it really led me to the piano where I do truly belong but when (laughs) Matt Matt is a brilliant guitarist when I sent him my charts I was like I don't know what I'm doing like apparently I'm playing gigs now like I just need a guitar player he took it to this new level and you you know as songwriters right like it's such a marriage when you bring in new mm-hmm. elements to these babies that you made and then somebody puts in their splash I'm like this is the most fun thing ever the yes. collaboration
2: element of songwriting and just being an artist in general is something so one of a kind, especially when you have a song and you write it on one instrument, but then you share it with other people who have other skills and it just right. turns into this whole beautiful collaborative thing. I think that's one of the best things. And also one of our missions with Siren Songs is to bring fellow artists together so that we can all contribute to each other's greatness. That's why we're I love all here.
0: it. Absolutely love it.
2: Yes. Um Okay, backtracking just a little bit.
1: Um, I feel like this question really gets at the essence of some who somebody is as an artist. Mm-hmm. So it's why it's our little icebreaker question. But what is a song that you wish you had written?
0: Such oh, <laughs> a good question, and my answer is obviously any song on
1: 1989.
0: Yes, <laughs> but yes. But most most notably, I would say I wish I wrote. I wish I wrote "Wildest Dreams." Oh, uh, yeah. Come on. I'm not anything. I know I'm in good company. I'm a Swiftie through and through. So, like, mm-hmm. she taught us everything. So, yeah. she's the
1: patron through. saint of Siren Songs, I would say.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, she's our mom. Yeah, she is, is mommy. She is, she is,
2: she is God.
0: Yes. She really is God herself. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I, I am... love about Wildest Dreams is that, and I'm sure, like, God, I hope Swift Talk comes off for me for this, but I'm not sure. But I don't think it's actually. About and it like we know it's about Harry Styles, like we know when it's about her boyfriends, but this one I think it was really just something that was inspired to her. And like there's talk that it was about Alexander Scars, whatever his last name is, I forget. Scars uh, yeah. Yeah, Scarf Guard, who also, by the way, is a Marymount alumni, I think. I know. <laughs> he should be on the podcast. <laughs> he should. Um, but I think it really was just like this ethereal vision that she had of this like romance that wasn't really a thing. And I love that because I'm always like, well, what happened next, Taylor? What happened next? But this is just this like feeling and vibe. and I And I love, love, love that song.
1: Yeah. I also, that really comes through in the video too, I think, just the, dreamy like otherworldly like timeless um fantasy of it I think yeah. is so gorgeous that and I I hadn't ever really thought about that I'm like all over Gaylor TikTok and like <laughs> so I'm always <laughs> hearing the theories about what everything is
0: about the theories yeah. are good I'm like they're tell good. me more mm-hmm.
1: but That's I do so like that idea of it just it's not being so personal because it does feel really universal in a way
2: right that song I have a playlist that's called songs with different shit in it and that's just one of those songs like that gold rush you Uh, put those songs on and it's just like you're transcended into a different
0: universe it really really is I also will say on that um on that question which is an amazing question um that Lizzie McAlpine too. Anything she writes. Oh my goodness. I'm like, why are you so wise? How how do you know? Like, she's so young and just such a genius. And anything she touches is just really gold. And her voice is
1: just insane. Oh my gosh. She's
0: She's an incredible musician. I mean, seeing
2: I saw her live too. I mean, I'm pretty sure all of us are at the Doty concert. Question mark. Um, (laughs) Seeing her (laughs) perform her stuff live. She's so consistent. I'm feeling like we need we need to have you on again Melissa just to just to like nerd out about stuff that we love. Yeah, like a fangirl episode. Honestly. Yeah, yeah, for like, sure. Because we also haven't even touched Maisie Peters and I feel like that's kind of criminal at this point.
1: I'm like, feel like she's my little sister and I'm like, and she's so much more successful than, than me at this point. But I'm like, oh, right. look at her, good for you. Exactly.
0: exactly. She's like a star. Truly, <laughs> she's like trying to sold out stadiums and we're like, you, you're doing amazing <laughs>
1: Literally, it, it it's is. like all that discourse about like, um you don't need to defend celebrities like (laughs) there
2: but alas here
1: we are cherishing Maisie.
2: well speaking of all of these people Melissa that you love and are inspired by who are some of your musical influences when it comes to arrangements or the way you sing and just how everything comes together on your tracks
0: um so I love that question too like I said before, like, Taylor raised me, so anything that I'm doing, a lot of my favorite moments working with my producer Ross Baum and Ben Holtzman is when we get to the bridge, and I'm like, do we want this to be a cool summer type of bridge? Do we want this to be like this? So there's a lot of Taylor influence. There's also so much maggie rogers influence in my voice and my storytelling and a lot of like old school demi lovato so i have a a big rasp in my voice and like a high belt throw it at the wall and i really do think that like disney channel demi taught me how to sing in a way that i really love and have no fear around just throwing it at the wall
1: totally that i i also was um that was a big influence for me and I just remember my favorite one was um here we go again
0: oh my god amazing just like like throwing your hair around (laughs) right and the vocals are just incredible I mean it's just they can sing as high as they want and I'm like Mm -hmm. go off Demi (laughs) it's
1: incredible and I love that you brought up 1989 earlier because that I totally hear that in your music you've released so far, like big 1989 vibes, just even in just the production. Um you. do you think a lot of that comes from Ross or does that a lot of that come from you? Is it a collaboration there?
0: It's a beautiful collaboration. And it's been again one of the honors of my life working with my friends who have skills in areas that I never really dabbled in. A lot of um, and also on Bad Feels Good, shout out to Colin Agan. He was one of my very first producers as well. And what I didn't know, because like I said, I was very new to songwriting. A lot of people in my life were like, you need to record tracks. Like you need to get this out. And I'm like, what is going on? Okay. And I was scared and I didn't know what I was doing. I felt really vulnerable. So I went to these masters who these, who really have done it right. And I walked in with a sheet of words because I am a writer and I'm like a lyricist and a chord player. And I have a really strong idea of what I want the emotion to feel like and I want I want the story to get across so I walk into producers saying I want this moment to feel like we're doing drugs on the corner and it's really bad but it's so fun because we can't stop kissing and I want this moment (laughs) to feel like my whole, whole the floor has fallen out from under me so that's really how it starts and then I bring in you know all the songs that I'm like, I, it feels in the world of this or in the world of that, and then it really becomes this marriage and collaboration of me saying like, "Ooh, that sound is fascinating. I love it." But the boys are always making fun of me because I don't know the names of like anything. I'm like, what? "Me neither." You know, I, I have this, <laughs> one of my favorite sounds. They always laugh at me. Is electric water? It's like, Ooh, and I like love it. Love electric <laughs> water. I actually have no idea what it is. I don't know what instrument it is, but I. Think feel really grateful to work with people who understand the inside of my brain
2: (laughs) I
1: feel like electric water really gets it though
0: yeah right that's
1: totally what it is
2: Exactly. (laughs) I think we all like we all have our things I have I worked on my EP with my brother who's a mixing engineer and says he's not a producer but he totally is and we have our whole little things we'd be like okay now we're gonna put a sexy track on it and then this is gonna be the Lizzie percussion section we all have (laughs) our own things and you were talking you know you're talking about like coming in here and having these moments that you're like I want it to feel like this would you say that like growing up in theater and kind of experiencing deep emotions as an actor and specific visions do you think that contributes to it and you mentioned 1989 as well like just living in New York like Mm. I'm so curious as to how all of that plays a role yeah
0: yeah that's I think that really is true I'm I, I did a gig last week and I had these people come up to me afterwards and they were so sweet and they were complimentative. And they said, your music is really like theatrical. And I lived out in LA for January and February, and I was doing a lot of music work out there too. And a lot of them were saying that like, it's, they really hear the theater in it. And when I first heard that, I was like, oh shit, like, am I not writing pop enough? But you know, amazing artists, for example, like Maisie Peters and Lizzie McAlpine, right? Like there's so much theatricality in their storytelling. And I also have just settled into who I am as an artist that there is 50% of me is so theater and 50% of me is so pop. And I think that the marriage of those things is what makes me who I am as an artist. um, What you said about New York is really so true. Anyone who's lived in New York knows that there is just music, inspiration on every corner. Um, Mm -hmm. Truly the reason that I write music is because I had a chance encounter in New York and it's, it opened me up and made me write music. So New York uh, is my greatest muse. And it's something that I think so much of who I am as a storyteller has, I'm also a New Yorker. I grew up 20 minutes North of Manhattan. So it it runs deep.
1: Love that. Well, typically now we'd ask just about your songwriting process and then what you do to work through writer's block and all of that. But I want to pivot that a little bit because you posted this incredible reel and TikTok the other day about this idea of the muse. And I'd love it if you would just talk to us a little bit about that, because I think you speak on it so eloquently.
0: Oh, thank you. Yeah. You know, Casey Musgraves is the first person who introduced it to me because she had this instagram story up one day and it was right after golden hour which also what the fuck? iconic it's the everything best, um, it's the best album ever written maybe go to um, album and she just had it on an Insta story she said the tour is over and i'm inviting the muse in i'll let her know that like she can come to me when she's ready and it was this big eye-opening moment for me because at the time it was the middle of the pandemic and i was going through massive massive writer's block And I was writing a lot on my blog at Charged Thoughts, but I was not writing any, any music. And I was really, I had a lot of shame around it. I was frustrated. I kept on scratching at paper. And when she introduced the idea of the muse to me, I really started to go with it. And I think that The best thing that ever happened to me was my relationship and personifying what this artist muse who comes and visits me is. And I now trust that like when she is not here, I say in the real, the only job that we have as artists is to give the muse a key or leave the door open and let her know that she is always welcome and just trust that she's always going to come back because I think every artist, I'm sure you both feel it, right? You're like, that's it, I'm done. I've, I've written my greatest hits and it's never gonna come back. And then, you know, a year later, like I very recently just wrote one of my favorite songs that I ever wrote. So, you know, the muse comes and goes and she takes different forms. Like writing on charged thoughts in a blog was a very different version of my muse that I really needed to explore. And then she comes back and she's a musician and then she comes back and she's an actor and, you know, she, she exists in many different ways. So however we can honor our creativity, um, like making it a person for me, making it a muse, this like beautiful ethereal creature has really, really helped my art. That's Beautiful. I love so, that.
2: So beautiful. I love the whole Idea of just inviting something in and letting it take whatever form it's going to take. Right. Because being, I mean, all of us know, as many artists do, we are multi passionate people, which I think Caroline, you shared a reel recently on this that I think a lot of us resonate with, especially women, of just having so many different, different interests and like creative things that you want to pursue and, and having other people be confused by that and not understanding why you can't just choose one thing, but the power of the muse is her own thing.
1: That's a big lesson I have learned the past couple of years while I've been living in Nashville, just like this beautiful creative energy can take other forms and they're just as valid, even if they're not going to be the ones you market. Right. And the ones you
2: planned. I mean, that's a big thing too, especially when, you know, we have BFAs in musical theater acting and everything's been so planned for you and you've put so much time into this thing. And then all of a sudden you have this other interest and you think, well, it can be so scary at first because you've put seemingly so much time into something else that seems kind of unrelated. But when you put it all together in the end, just your energy and creative power creates your own identity and you are so many we are all multifaceted individuals we are mirror balls okay
1: I'm I am teeming with excitement because you mentioned you wrote a song recently that is maybe your favorite you've ever written can we talk a little bit about that can you tell us about the process of writing it maybe a favorite lyric
0: oh goodness I would love to um I think I'm going to play that siren songs too. So. Can't wait. Oh. Um, it is a song that Matt, speaking of Mr. Matt Roden, he runs this really cool group sometimes called the muse room. And him and I had a conversation once where we were like, Oh, like, wouldn't it be cool to just like have prompts all the time. And he really, it's all on him. He started this thing where he'll send out an email blast with a random word or a phrase that he gets from some like generator. and The phrase was fool's gold. And I had recently gotten, um, you know, through, not out of a relationship, but I had gotten through the pain, right? Because like there's the end and then there's the pain and then there's the healing, right? There's the whole Mm -hmm. process. So I was really like out and I was thinking about what my role in my heartbreak was because I really went through a big heartbreak. And I was like, a lot of this now, zooming out, I signed up for. And I loved the idea of fool's gold and how it looks exactly like gold Um, and I loved the idea of a fool because a lot of times in heartbreak I think we realize, once we're through it after we're done playing the victim, that we were kind of a fool too for signing up for something that we willingly knew was probably going to hurt us. I don't know if that's just me, but I do think that's like an artistic thing. Sometimes I think I run into things that I know are gonna like give me really yummy songs or really good things. And I'm like men are content. So, right. Are content. right. I will say for, that forever. I'm like every heartbreak therapist
2: content. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, oh you break my heart. Watch me turn yeah. into something.
0: I'm taking my power back. <laughs> exactly. And you know, I mean, some of my favorite, favorite songs are from my my biggest heartbreaks. So I think they all serve a purpose. But anyway, Fool's Gold came to me really quickly. I mean, I read the email and immediately I had um, a hook in my head. And I always know when that happens that there's some other muse divine energy working. You know, when you sit at like a piano or a guitar and you're just scratching and you're trying, like those for me are my like eh, songs, but when I feel like it comes down and through me, and I'm mm-hmm. just a vessel for it, that's when I know I've like really hit some gold. Oh, no pun intended, gold. <laughs> there you um, go. But yeah, the the lyrics spilled out of me, and I really am someone who writes lyrics and melody at the exact same time. I've I've tried to do like write poetry and then put it to song, or the other way, but for me as an artist it works the best when they come at the same time. Mm -hmm. So the hook came to me and my favorite part of writing it was the bridge because um, it really is the thesis of that, you know, we, we really kind of do sign up for our own heartbreak sometimes, and it's okay to be a fool, but you're
1: a fool. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That sounds amazing. I can't wait to hear it. I hope you ah! do play it. Yeah, it'll be my
0: first time playing it live, so I'm really excited. Oh my oh gosh, my honored
1: gosh. that we get to be there for that.
0: Absolutely. And so do you, listeners.
1: If you come,
0: <laughs> it's Please Monday. Come.
1: It's on Monday. If you're listening to this today, it comes out. Um, okay, I I want to go back to charge thoughts for a minute. Can you tell us about that journey, like how that came to you, and also. How it's influenced your songwriting since you've begun?
0: Um, Yeah. So, again, it was like May 2020. The world was doing what the world was doing. And I Mm -hmm. found myself um, quarantining with a bunch of friends in North Carolina on a beach house in this like really beautiful part of Oak Island. I don't know if if either of you have been there. It was just, it was lovely. And It was a weird time, obviously, because I was feeling so free on the beach, but the world was crumbling around us. And like I said, I was in the thick of mourning someone who I really loved. And I found that I just was, like most people I think do, was writing massive notes to myself in my notes app. And I slowly started making them into memoirs based things and my favorite thing was trying to fit a little paragraph in one screenshot on one notes app because I would put them on my stories and a lot of people were like whoa whoa where did this come from and I'm someone who's always like even as a teenager I would be in my bedroom and I was writing memoirs of me and my girlfriend's nights out and like boys who I loved and I just like always always loved that but it was never something I shared publicly it was kind of just my little like secret passion. And um, when I was in North Carolina and the world was ending, my friend, shout out Meredith Leslie, who is an amazing artist and a personal trainer and just an icon motivator. She was like, what are you doing? Just do it. Like, what are you afraid of? You're, alri- you're always writing, just put it out. And so thus, Charged Thoughts was created. And essentially, there's are stories of my life, but I really act as a mirror, I think for a lot of people who have very similar um, very similar feelings and I have no qualms about being vulnerable on the internet so that you don't have to and I really like to explore the human experience as romantically as possible in order to show all of us the collective that we really are all the same and we feel all the same things and uh, I think that is how we can change the world through art is if we remind each other that we are all exactly the same on the inside and we feel the same way about the same things. So, um, yeah, that's my goal. And it's become my favorite baby that I've ever birthed. And, um, I'm speaking it into the universe. It will be a book one day. So we're getting it. We're getting it. Love that. I love that. You need people. I'm already, I'm like, I'm ready to donate. Just tell
2: us when there's a fund. Like I'm so ready. Okay, Penguin House. Did you hear it? <laughs> but then we can also partner because when you release your book, then we can part. You can partner with Siren Songs, and we can fully just also do a show and have it be a do the
1: full- release party.
0: Okay, yes. this is a marketing campaign, and I love it here. This is like my favorite podcast <laughs> ever. Now, here's the
2: thing: we if can't- you share any ideas with the two of us, we will be like great. So then we're going to just turn it into the, it can't ever just exist on its own. We'll be like, I'll be like holding this disposable camera. I'm like, oh yeah, wouldn't it be so cool if we like had pictures. And then like, next thing, you know, we have like a photography business and I'm like, what are we, what are we doing? That,
0: you know, but like, that is the energy. And that really goes back to what we were saying about the creativity, right? Like, yes, have a photography business. Yes. Have a blog. Yes. Write music. Like I, I, I absolutely despise when people talk about artists being scattered. It's like, it is a gift to give every piece of your art to the world and Mm -hmm. and that's what we're here for. So yeah, I love that energy.
2: Absolutely. Well, We've learned so much about your, your writing process and the things that inspire you. So in your times of writer's block, what do you tend to do? Do you take a step away? Do you have a process or any tips that you could share
0: with anyone?
2: Where do you head?
0: Writer's block is a bitch. I don't want to like say it doesn't make me fall to my knees and make me think that I'm worthless sometimes. And that is the self-work that I think every artist needs to do before they even wonder about how to get your muse to come home. Um, I think the most important part of my process is being gentle on myself when it's not coming and, um, not equating my worth to my output of what art is coming out of me. So that's my first step is just being nice to myself, which is oddly probably the hardest step. Um, and then what I have found, which is like I'm still discovering it, but anytime I change my environment and anytime I go into like new nature, I'm always deeply inspired. That is really the reason why I lived in LA for two months. I just felt like really blocked and stagnant looking at my same four walls, looking at the same barista at the coffee shop. Like I just needed something totally new. And I think newness in environment really keeps us mindful because it makes you notice more. And I think when you're, you're most present and you're most mindful, that is when your best art is going to come out. I
1: love seeing what tropical locale you're jetting off to like (laughs) on any given weekend.
0: (laughs) So it's always an adventure following you on Instagram. Everybody get the Chase Sapphire because you can- Go places with points when you can't afford to fly there.
1: <laughs> where's our sponsorship, Chase?
2: <laughs> we should do hey? a partnership with them. Yeah. What's
1: what is a place you've always wanted to go that you, you is on your list to go and just like uh, be inspired and write?
0: Um, Australia and or New Zealand. That wow. I've never been to that part of the world, and I've always mm-hmm. had a deep deep longing to go there. So that really, like even Japan, everything over there, like I want to get to that side.
1: That's so cool. Yeah. I feel like when I went to Ireland for the first time, I I was like, oh, I have so much like poetry in me that I just need to like release. And we're going on ian and i are going on our honeymoon to ireland and so <sighs> i can't wait to just like be traipsing around the countryside writing my little poems <laughs> Yeah, especially okay.
2: on
0: your honeymoon it's gonna yeah, be amazing yeah.
2: to experience that with someone you love so much too i think also brings a whole <laughs> another element of of artistry and potential for oh. all the ideas and creation that you oh my god too <laughs>
0: we're all gonna cry (laughs) natalie what's your sign i know caroline you're a cancer (laughs) i actually have
2: no water sign in me what are you i am a virgo sun a virgo rising and an aries moon (gasps) so
0: i am an aries moon and a virgo rising hello hello I this am, is so meant to be.
2: This is all meant to be. The thing is, too, I'm like, I just know when people have Earth sign in them. I also mm-hmm. know when I meet a tour, like I know when I meet a tourist.
0: But that's like a whole Hot. I love my my, my one night with the tour. My one night that changed my whole life was with the tourist. Seven hours. Uh huh. Oh. <laughs> Me, this is actually such a great segue. What is your
2: favorite song that you have ever written, whether it's released or not? And part two to this question, which one is a fan favorite?
0: Okay, this is so hard. It literally feels like choosing between your children. Um, But I'm going to go with what I feel today. So, okay. Subject to change. (laughs) Fan favorite is Bad Feels Good is always a hit. People love Bad Feels Good. It's done so well. I love that song for it. And it's It's so so fun fun to perform. Um, However, live seven hours does really well because people love the story of like a one night stand um but I would say my favorite song I ever wrote today (laughs) maybe happy birthday because I sat at a piano and I was so sad but it really just it spilled out of me and um I had this moment It, it, it was released on April 5th so quite recently but you know, two days before it came out on Spotify, I was like walking around the city and I was listening to it being like, okay, I think she's good. I think she's done. And I was remembering where I was when I wrote it. And I just remember hearing in my head, like, oh, I'm so happy and so much happier having this song than having him. And that was a really cool moment for me. So right now that's my little baby. I love shows. I am so so
1: much happier having this song than having him that's incredible and um, i couldn't
0: say that for like years
1: you know what i mean i couldn't say yeah. that for
0: a while but i i really can say that now obviously but that was i'm i did that song for her that little person who was really hurting in 2020.
2: that is the first song of yours that i listened to and that's how like, caroline sent this to me this was probably like days after caroline and i had met um and she sent it to me and was like you need to listen and I saw something on one of my friend's stories today that said, the present that you are in is the future you used to dream of. And oh. although we you know, equate that to all these dreams that we have, I think that has so much to do with happiness as well, especially when you're going through a time. So to hear that that song has brought that comfort and peace to you is just so beautiful. And I think it makes it even more meaningful.
0: Yeah, thank you. And I'm so happy actually that that is the first song that you heard of mine because I I think like all of us, right? Like there are so many parts of me that Aries moon is bad, feels good, right? Like all that stuff. And, and I think a lot of people were introduced to me into this like neon, like bad bitch, which so exists in me, but also um, happy birthday feels like the most raw, real, part of my insides so that felt like a whole new level of inviting the outside world into my space
1: do you have um a particular lyric that's really like maybe not the most special to you but maybe the one that's speaking you to you the most today that you've written
0: yeah the lyrics of I don't know why this is coming up but let's go for it the lyrics of the bridge in fool's gold um are The truth is, I was looking for a heartbreak. I was looking for a mistake, something to help me feel. Thought that I could rewrite the parts I don't like if I somehow helped him heal. And again, that that really does feel like um, my gosh. The truth of thank you, therapy. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, you. So one of my favorite podcasts is Celebrity Memoir Book Club, and they read celebrity memoirs, like, so you don't have to. And it's really funny, but so they always say when they can tell, they can tell if the memoir was written, like, pre or post therapy, pre or post, like, actually processing the events mentioned. <laughs> right. And I love that. To, and, and to me, your music always, always is post therapy. <laughs> but like still the raw emotion of pre-therapy with all the wisdom of post-therapy.
2: It does. It feels, it feels so up-leveled and like ethereal (laughs) and like, again, just like transcendence into like the
0: next highest vibration always. You guys, this testimonial, like put it on my gravestone. Like, are (laughs) you kidding? I'm literally going to my therapist next week. I'm going to be like, we did it, baby. We did it, Joe. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That's
2: amazing. Well, speaking of you know, fool's gold and it's all these new ideas coming to you. Do you have a project that you're pursuing next? Or are you kind of just seeing where life takes you?
0: Can we expect new things from you soon? What yeah, are the deals? Kind of both. I'm really excited to do Siren Song, so that's the very next one. Um, and I am turning the big three zero this year, and Yay! I am going to have fingers crossed, hope it all happens, Um, a 30th birthday where I do a full show of everything to honor that girl in my 20s who wrote all that music, and it's going to be open to the public, and it's going to be like a really huge concert, and then it's going to turn into a party, so we are um, working out all the logistics of that, and hopefully I can make that happen in time, so I'm really, really excited about that. That'll be in late July, and um, yeah, I'm going to start recording some more stuff in time give myself a little moment and I also am the co-writer of a children's musical it's called radical in the pink socks so we have a lot of work coming up on that because we have an exciting production um, in the fall so I've got my hands in a lot of artistic projects right now that I'm really excited about
2: that's so so exciting so incredible well where can we keep
0: up to date with you on everything Yes, please do. I'm at Melissa Rose Hirsch on Instagram and TikTok, and my blog is at Charged Thoughts for all the juicy, steamy details.
1: We love it. Can't wait. If there's anything we can do to help you out with this thirtieth birthday bash, let Seriously. us know. Honestly, or...
0: yeah, like uh, maybe I'll be giving you a call. I think yeah. it's going to be a really fun night.
1: We're here to support and we'll be there no matter what. That sounds amazing. Um, Everybody go listen to Melissa's music. It'll brighten your day and make you feel. And what else do you want?
0: (laughs) Thank you guys so much for having me. It's been a joy. And I love being in the presence of other female artists and writers and badass go-getters. So thanks for having me thank and you we're for being so here
2: happy to have you and you can listen to melissa's music live at our show at heaven can wait on monday the 23rd Woo! everything starts at seven o'clock we'll be there for the whole evening tickets are 15 dollars in advance 20 at the door we'll link that below come support us support melissa support siren songs and just overall have a kick-ass time well thank you so much melissa it was so nice to it was my first time meeting you so it was so nice yeah to meet you. i can't wait to to do stuff with you next week thank you so much for tuning into the siren songs podcast with caroline mcqueg and myself natalie livingston be sure to follow us on instagram and facebook at siren songs nyc and our personals at caroline mcqueg and at natalie p livingston to stay up to date on our shows and new music releases we'll talk to you soon